Sunday Groove on Willow Podcasting Network. I'm your host, David Sunday. Thanks for joining me for episode 38. Today I have a special guest, somebody that's been on here a ton of times. I'm not really sure how many times, and it doesn't matter, but a friend of mine that's been on here a lot, and he is back to join me. It's uh, Greg Phillips. How are you today, man? Hey, David, I am doing all right. Uh, uh, happy to be back on the show. Uh, Sunday Groove still going strong and frankly carrying the Lolo Podcast Network on its back. So so <laughs> congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah, um, it's 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 been fun uh, and kind of a new change because I'm so used to me not being able to keep up with the monthly output. But right now I'm the only show coming out. So, yeah. Um, and you know that means you're the highest rated show coming out. That's true. Yes, <laughs> um, <laughs> on our gigantic network, Lilo Podcasting Network, that has millions of followers or thousands or no, probably like tens. <laughs> at, least, at least ones. We're confident it has ones of followers. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I always like to start at the beginning by telling people how they can reach me. So. Um, if you use the thing called Instagram, I am sundaygroove.lillo, L-I-L-L-O. And then on um, Twitter, I am sunday underscore groove underscore. Um, so if, if you have any ideas for future episodes or comments about this episode, um, you can tell me those on one of those two methods. Um, uh, Greg, if they want to say anything to you, uh, how would they reach you? Uh, they can send me a telegram if they'd like. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, to uh, an, an undisclosed address. So actually, <laughs> don't send me a telegram. That would be a bad move, probably. Uh, the best way is to follow me on Twitter at gphillips8652. That's G-P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S-8652. You can find me uh, rambling about wrestling and sports and movies and tv shows and comic books and whatnot um so that's the best way to get in touch with me if you're if you're one of them uh, folks out there in the listener verse well and this is gonna be something totally different i've never done on the show before but because you mentioned wrestling how about heels season one man um that was so good uh uh, it better get renewed for season two Um, i know I'm hoping so too. I really, I really, really got into it. I really enjoyed the show and uh, thought the thought the acting was tremendous. The the characters were great. Uh, it, it was really entertaining. It was it was one of my favorite shows I watched this year. And uh, and I'd be it'd be a shame if it didn't get a chance to 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 
continue its story. Right. Well, and just seeing how much uh, uh, Stephen Amell put into it, you could just see the work he put into it um, that I would just hate for him, uh, you know, to have this first project after Arrow fall apart. And it's still like it's an incredible show. I don't know what the numbers were, but uh, there's no reason why it shouldn't get a second season because uh, oh, I'm not yeah. trying to crap on stars, but I don't really think they have a whole lot of hit shows. So I mean, stars like I, I, I the i had to i had to to use uh, uh, means i've never used before to to actually get stars uh on its app on my on my uh, luxurious tcl television here so yeah right. I mean, it, they ought they ought to renew it because it's 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 a good show first of all and second of all even if the numbers aren't super strong i mean a lot of shows i've seen get renewed on these premium channels that didn't have strong numbers so right you know, I, it, it's a good show. I, I, I agree. Very entertaining. Yeah. And it's funny, like uh, Greg's a huge wrestling fan. Uh, listeners, I am not like I enjoy it on occasion if I'm watching it with friends, but I never seek it out on my own. But like the story in this show is so good that even me, a very um, mild wrestling fan, enjoyed it because it was good storytelling. Um, so anyway, uh, the only reason why I brought that up was because. I haven't had a chance to talk to Greg about the uh, that after I finished the series, and I wanted to do it while it was on my mind. So, um, so this episode is going to be about the new Tremonti album. But before that, I always do a little segment called Current Spins, which is just what we've been listening to recently. It could be something that just came out, or it could be something um, that we've just been listening to on repeat from 10 or 30 years ago. So, Greg, is there anything lately that you've been listening to that's not Tremonti? The voices in my own head. No, 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 that's that's accurate, but also a joke. Uh, the, <laughs> and a very funny one. I'm sorry. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> uh, no, I've been listening. I actually have. I've, I've been listening to, uh, other than Tremonti, um, I, I, for some reason, I don't remember how I came across this. I think I came across it through Reddit. Somebody had linked a a video that they had filmed to go along with the classic Bob Dylan song "Tangled Up in Blue." Uh, you may be familiar with this song, David. Tangled up in blue. That's exactly it. You got it. In one, you got it in one take. Uh, well, anyhow, I clicked on the video to watch it because I like the song. You know, it's one of the one of the best uh, one of the best Dylan songs, I think. And. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but the the song, the version of the song that was playing was not any version I'd ever heard before. It was a it was a totally different version of it. Still Bob Dylan, still Tangled Up in Blue, but completely different than I had ever heard. Just him and an acoustic guitar, it sounded like, with a really cool guitar riff. So I was like, well, that's interesting. I wonder if I could find this anyway. So I did some digging. It came from an album called The Basement Tapes. Uh, uh, and... Um, it was an early take of the song before the one, the lyrics are even a little bit different. Like the lyrics in the middle are the story changes. It's sung in third person rather than first person. Oh. Uh, so anyway, I, 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 so I gotta find it. So I, I went on my Amazon music in the car and, and I started listening to that. Uh, I listened to that take uh, of, the, of the song and it's really, really good. I believe it's take three of uh, Tangled Up in Blue by Bob Dylan off of the basement tapes. Highly recommend it to anybody out there. It's a it's a diff- it's a great equal an equally great take on a classic song. Um, 
lyrics are a little bit different but still excellent and uh and the again the guitar is just it, it sticks in your mind uh or at least it did in mine and uh has kind of been in my head inescapably in my head for quite some quite some time um so highly recommend that uh from from mr dylan nice yeah i'm gonna i found it on spotify i'm gonna download that to listen to later um that makes me think about uh when they released the wildflowers and all the rest uh from um uh, uh tom petty's wildflowers uh, alternate recordings uh last year and there were a couple songs that lyrically were quite different um interesting yeah uh like i remember one of my favorite lines was used in a different song and then it like um i remember i think it was in the original version of uh you don't know how it feels and then um but in the end it ended up on oh gosh i can't remember it doesn't matter but a different a different song uh, and i was like wow that's really cool uh, i wasn't as crazy about the third version they put out this past year it was like yeah i think i think the the first alternate thing that had a ton of different early versions and then like just him and acoustic uh versions of the songs was the best uh other than the original album wildflowers one of the best albums ever recorded in my opinion uh it's just such a emotional album and such a strong and different album um mm -hmm. strong one, style yeah <laughs> one thing i love about tom petty is uh like if it's with the heartbreakers it's really got that strong rhythm section that's so definitive and you know it's a heartbreaker song but a lot of the stuff in his solo albums at least starting with wildflowers and definitely um and what's the one that you loved so much that had uh down south and everything on it oh uh, gosh i can't remember the name of it uh holly companion uh, holly both companion. of those really took themselves away from the heartbreaker style and just did something different and i love it for that because even though he had the heartbreakers record on some of it they i guess took more of a back seat and let him do us completely lead it and it i don't know it works out so well but anyway that so lyrically that's just what i was thinking uh because of your tangled up in blue comment but i'll have to check that out i love alternate versions when they're good that's like one of my favorite things about these reissues of the beatles albums is i love hearing the alternate takes of the songs yeah um and and uh and then other than that uh believe it or not i've also i'd also been listening to um jerry lee lewis the uh legendary piano player and um rock and roll hall of famer one of the early pioneers of rock and roll uh, i used to be a big fan of jerry lee lewis when i was a kid uh him and elvis obviously i grew up listening to that style of music and and kind of got out of it over the years and, and haven't really listened to too much of his, his stuff, um, you know, in recent, I would say the recent decades, really, the last, last 10 years or so. But mm -hmm. I don't remember what it was that got me to thinking about it, but I was like, I just kind of, I don't know, I just feel like I listened to some Jerry Lee Lewis. So I listened to a bunch of uh, Jerry Lee Lewis songs, and, um, and what I really found was I found myself digging into his country songs from the mid mid to late sixties. Um, a few songs that stood out to me were uh, "She Even Woke Me Up to Say Goodbye" is a great song. Um, there was a song called uh, "Another Place, Another Time," which I've always liked. I had it on uh, 
I, I accidentally downloaded that when I was in college from LimeWire. Uh, it wasn't the song that I was looking for, and, and, and I ended up really liking that song. So I've always liked that one, Another Place, Another Time. And then, um, oh, what was the other one I'm trying to... Oh, yeah, What's Made Milwaukee Famous Has Made a Loser Out of Me, which is a great title. For <laughs> That's a great title. Yeah, and and a great song as well. So that that I've been digging digging uh, the killer a little bit there, and then uh, also I went and listened to a compilation of the Bond theme songs because I watched the movie No Time to Die. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it got me uh, in the Bond music state of mind. So I've I've listened to I believe every one of the Bond theme songs uh, in the last uh, month or so. And uh, by the way, big fan of that Billie Eilish song, No Time to Die. Yes. Now, you mentioned how you thought it would work well as a country song. Could you give our uh, listeners a little sample of that? That's right. Yeah, it it occurred to me in my course of listening to this song constantly after the movie that I could rearrange it into a a country version of it called There Ain't No Time to Die. And, uh, you know, something along the lines of There Ain't No Time to Die. You know that that I think it works. I think you can give that song to Mark Chestnut and he'd knock it out of the park. I was thinking more of Joe Diffie or um... well, Joe Diffie's dead, sir. That's the only problem. <laughs> well, it'd, be, I, it'd be real I hard. Know. To get it. <laughs> I know it's Halloween and we're recording this, but maybe there's a ritual I could perform to bring Joe. And if there was, I would uh, right to bring back Mr. Diffie. But <laughs> I think I'd have to stick with Mark Chestnut. Or, or, okay. Or, or I don't know, maybe uh, I don't know, Travis Tritt. Travis, well, Travis Tritt's been in the news lately, so yeah, why not get him to? Why not get him to record? Uh, there ain't no time to die. And just imagine you do it with the country version of James Bond, Jimmy Bond. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, yes, James Earl Bond. <laughs> <laughs> and so you know, you it, it just it works for itself. And uh, and actually, I, I I wish I could remember the tune right now because. I had even the first verse of it worked out as, you know, same words, just done through a through a country lens. And uh, maybe one day I'll release this to the world and we'll see how it it gets over. I'm eager for it. Yeah, I do. I do like the Billie Eilish version a lot. Um, I, too, uh, listen to a lot of the Bond theme songs because I found the playlist on Spotify. But I've not seen No Time to Die yet, but I cannot wait for it to be on streaming because I really, really want to see it. Um, but, uh, I went through that playlist cause I was going back through some bond films, getting ready for no time to die. Um, well, I mean, this is, a, this would almost be its own podcast, but real quick, what are your favorite bond themes? Uh, well, it still go back to the, um, uh, I mean, live and let die. Of course. Uh, I'm still a big fan of the modern stuff with, yeah. um, uh, Chris Cornell's, uh, you know my name, and uh, heck, I even like the Quantum of Solace one with yeah, the uh, um, I can't name of it, but yeah, the the uh, with Jack Alicia White. Keys and Jack yeah. White, almost a Jack Black. Um, that would have been great too, probably. <laughs> and I'm even a fan of the Sam Smith one from Spectre. So like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess I gravitate towards the more mo- uh, modern ones, at least is what's on my mind. But I know there's a lot of classic ones I like too. But I guess yeah. I'm just a little less familiar with Underball them. by Tom Jones is tremendous. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and then uh, Golden. I like. I've always liked Goldeneye by Tina Turner. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that that's that's pretty cool. And then uh, the one that uh, the one that Cheryl Crow did for, um, I think it was the World Is Not Enough. Maybe it was Tomorrow Never Dies. She did. A, she did one of the songs, and it, it would have to be Tomorrow Never Dies because the World Is Not Enough was unfortunately garbage. Um, <laughs> now wait, theirs. just. A, <laughs> 
little harsh. Oh, that's no, the that's band. The, the band garbage. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's that's true. Yeah, those those are some of the ones that stood out to me. And, I like, and Goldfinger, of course, is a classic song. Oh yeah, uh, Diamonds Are Forever, which was famously sampled by Kanye West pre Insanity. Yep. And uh, <laughs> yes, uh, you know, there's some other good ones too. But yeah, I think we pretty well covered the the biggies. And then uh, also, I caught and the Tupacs and the Tupacs. Yeah, they could have done a good uh, collaboration on a Bond theme if they had uh, if if Bond had been more of a sustained force in the early 90s but nonetheless um i caught the end of the queen uh biopic uh bohemian rhapsody on on uh, some channel on my tv here and so uh i i went and listened to some queen songs too uh on my it says here on my amazon music list nice i went i actually went to the uh, soundtrack of that movie and listened mm-hmm. to some of those songs and then i I wanted to hear some songs that weren't on there, such as Princes of the Universe, The Highlanders. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and a song called Now I'm Here, which I don't think I'd heard before or didn't remember hearing. Oh, it's one of the best, yeah. And it's a damn good one. Um, I Want to Break Free, of course. Don't Stop Me Now. Uh, crazy Little Thing Called Love. Uh, Under Pressure. Uh, great band, Queen. And oh yeah, obviously, obviously. And I listened, <laughs> I listened to my favorite uh, ACDC album on the road a few weeks ago, which is uh, Highway to Hell, which is a great album. Oh, you mean Highway to Hades? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to curse. <laughs> Highway to Hades. <laughs> I just like imagining Carl Childers singing any song. I mean, I I might need to try out Carl Childers doing my "Ain't No Time to Die" song, so. Oh yeah, that might work. Time to die. Mm. <laughs> well, I've been listening to a whole assortment of things as well. Um, oh, sorry about that. Um, that was a quick clip of "Weapon of Choice" by Fat Boy Slim, but did not mean to hit that. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Uh, I went through just. I like to dance, and so I go through different things that make me want to dance. And so I listen to Fatboy Slim's Rockefeller Skank and uh, Virtual Insanity by uh, Jamiroqua and stuff like that. Um, and then, of course, I thought of the wonderful Christopher Walken video to Whipper and the Choice. Um, I guess you're familiar with that, aren't you? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Um, I also really got hooked on Somebody's Watching Me by Rockwell um, and listened to that several oh, times lately. Tremendous song. Truly a tremendous Oh, yeah. Song. And it's so funny. Most of the time it doesn't even like when you find it streaming anyway, it doesn't even credit Michael Jackson, even though he's why the song is so catchy. <laughs> I know. It's always thought, I've always thought that was funny. He's like the, the biggest part of the song and gets no credit. <laughs> right. Well, it's kind of like this song that probably only I remember, but it was a Diddy song from maybe like 2008 or so that he does as, uh-huh, yeah, a few times on it, but it's mostly Christina Aguilera and yeah, yeah, I know it's, the song. Oh. yeah and it's mainly <laughs> just <laughs> listed as Diddy and then in small print featuring Christina Aguilera. Well, I'm like Shaggy, his biggest hit, uh, it wasn't oh. me. 
The guy that does, I don't even know who the guy I don't know who this that's how sad it is. I don't know who the singer is on that song. The guy that does all the heavy lifting on that song is the one that gets the credit for it. He's fe- it's featuring that guy. When oh, really, you're telling me here, why is it me? Um, <laughs> is it like the most <laughs> um groundbreaking vocals and uh songwriting ability of, of anybody? <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny how often that happens I, or, or of course with the classic example from when we were in high school the uh respectively we didn't go to the same high school but the same years uh not that you remember anyway yeah well that's i never knew i always wondered who that that weird kid in the camouflage overalls was in the on the side <laughs> the bright ginger hair yeah no the uh yeah uh what was it uh stained uh, featuring fred durst <laughs> Yeah, the live version of Outside. But Outside, from, yeah, um, yeah. Where literally the only thing Fred Durst does during the entire song is go, yeah, and then go, Biloxi, this is the real deal, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so ridiculous that he gets credited with that. I mean, I'm glad he featured them there because that's what broke them to the world or to a lot of the world. But still, it's just like he does not need to get any credit on the um, version of it. Yeah. And in fact, you could argue that his part of the song is the only bad part of the song. <laughs> right, right. Oh. Um, let's see. There, I also uh, been listening to the Blacklist, uh, the cover versions of the Metallica Black album, and I haven't gone through all of them yet. But there are a ton of great ones on there, and I still mostly gravitate to the ones that are so unique and so different than the original. Like, there's been some really awesome ones. Um, like, the one that I just listened to recently uh, is My Friend of Misery by Kamasi Washington. And if I'm remembering correctly, this is kind of like a jazzy, almost funk song. Sounds so much unlike the original song, but it's so good. Um, there was also... Um, <laughs> it's bizarre, but I really like uh, Holy Other Than Thou by Biffy Clyro. Um, it's like kind of electronic sounding, sounding, but it's really good. What an um, interesting... Biffy Clyro. Yep. And then uh, maybe my new favorite is The Unforgiven with Vishal Didlani, Divine, and Shore Police. Um, it is like, I can't even think of how to... Um, describe Vishal's voice but it's really good it's re- it really fits the song and then there's just like some rap and something else on there but it it somehow works it doesn't sound like it would and I would, normally I would think I would hate that but I actually really <laughs> like it it's um no quit quit I'm scrolling I'm not trying to click on things um this is how the sausage is made guys uh I accidentally click on things on a smartphone um yeah, yeah it's uh <clears throat> It's interesting how you'll open a website and it will start automatically playing some sort of video advertisement when that's not exactly you open to read an article. And it's like, oh, that's it's nice to have that happening. That happened to me just, uh, well, this morning, actually. I, I was reading, I clicked a news article and I went to open it and it's playing a progressive commercial in the middle of my <laughs> scrolling. I see enough progressive commercials on TV. Oh, God. Yeah, they spend so much money on advertising 
And by the way, if you're a progressive representative and you'd like to advertise on the Little Podcast Network, drop us I will off. literally say anything you want me to about progressive insurance, even if it's not true, just <laughs> to have a paid advertiser. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And that goes for any advertisement. I'll, I'll advertise anything. Hell yeah. Uh, um, what's that? What's that uh, <laughs> Blue Chew, if you guys want to get into the <laughs> yeah network Purple yeah. mattress uh um what's some other that stuff that everybody advertises me, me undies <laughs> the, the, the special underwear yes because yeah. I mean, let's be completely honest as expensive as that stuff is there's no way i'm gonna um buy it myself but you know if you send me any free pairs or heck sure. you don't send yeah. them, just tell me how great they are they and do. give me some money I'll, I'll talk about them absolutely and who can't use more pairs of underwear after right. all so, yeah, that's. I like, to, I like to just stick pairs down in my underwear. Um, it's just comforting for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, this podcast has reached a new low, and that point, was not true at all. That's just me point, saying bizarre things. Point being, um, advertisers. Yes, I would love some money um, outside of my job, which isn't this. Um, so, uh, a new song that I like. And it is by Adele. It's called Easy On Me. And it's got her always good voice. And um, it's just a nice, soothing, um, kind of has a soul vibe. It's not really a soul song, but it, her vocals always fit well with that. So that's what's making me think of that. You're saying but, that the song is easy on the ears? Yes, yes. There's a band called Plush that I've not listened to a ton of songs by them. But I want to like it literally they only had two songs until Friday. Um, they released uh, their debut album and they were very talented young women. They're, I think, probably like 19, 20 or 21, somewhere around there. Um, but uh, they are. Uh, I heard about them because they started touring with some bands I like. Like they, if I recall, they were opening for uh, Wolfgang, Wolfgang Van Halen's band on some of their tours and now they're going to open on some hellstorm and evanescence tours as well as i think some of slashes and the conspirators and miles kennedy all of them um their tour so i always check out bands just when i see them on poster listings with other bands i'm like i'm curious about them but they're they're really good there's a song called champion that's great um there's a lot of good hard rock and it's great to hear that because as greg can attest there's just not a lot of great hard rock coming out these days at least not that i know about um so i always love hearing some new stuff yeah and then also a band or not band an artist that i heard about because of dave Grohl. um i really enjoyed her new album and that is brandy carlisle she's a song called broken horses which is great um i saw that i was scrolling through the channels last night and uh again on the tv and I saw uh, they were she was on Austin City Limits, but I didn't I put it on there and there was some other guy on there. It was her and somebody else. And the other guy that was on there, I thought sucked, but uh, <laughs> he was the second act or whatever. So which I didn't even know they did. I, I, Austin City Limits, I always thought it was just one act, but apparently there's two now. And uh, she had already been on there, but I've, I've at least seen her name. I don't know that I would I don't know that I've heard any of her music yet, but. She's really good. I enjoyed her last album. I think the lead single was called The Story. Uh, it was great. Um, she has a band, um, it's these twin brothers that just sing amazing harmony with her. Um, some classify her as country. I think some uh, more Americana. I think I was hearing her say recently um, she's now classified as pop, even though I, 
I mean, it's got some pop tinge, but it's not pop country. It's definitely not bro country or anything. Um, it's, um, but I guess because it's getting pop played on pop stations, they're trying to classify it as pop. But nonetheless, it's she's a very talented artist that I only heard about because of uh, Dave Grohl's uh, little show on Paramount, uh, Cradle to Stage, that was based on his mom's book where they met with um, mothers of famous rock stars. And on the TV show, they really had a diverse list of people, and Brandy Carlisle was one of them. So anyway, um, let me look at my quick list and then I'll shut up and move on to the main event. Um, yeah, I think that hit pretty much what I wanted to. Uh, oh, other than, guys, if you like rock music mixed with the orchestra, check out both Silverchair's Diorama and Neon Ballroom. Those are still two of the most beautiful albums um, that I've ever heard. I, I got on a huge kick of them recently because... Daniel Johns, the very reclusive lead singer, is letting this journalist uh, interview him uh, for a special series just called Who is Daniel Johns? And that got me listening to his stuff a lot more. But still an incredible band. All these years later, I wish they'd get back together. But the more I listen to the podcast, I don't think that's very likely. um, Because he did not tension between the band or just his own no he loves the band uh he doesn't really want to tour a whole lot anymore because of the craziness that goes along with it because his whole teenage and young adult life was just way too in the spotlight and had people stalking him all the time and just all kinds of stuff and it just really burned him out and put him through a lot of tough stuff that he kind of just even though people know who he is when he releases his solo stuff, um, it's just so much less high profile. And so he he just would rather put music out but not really do a whole lot of touring or public engagements because it just makes him uncomfortable because he's a very socially awkward individual. Um, but yeah, he, I'll tell you some things off air that have been aired on that podcast. And I was just like, holy crap, that would be scarring for sure. Um, so anyway, but yeah, I, unfortunately, no, he's in great terms. It sounds like with the members, at least at the very least, the drummer, um, they they talk, I think, still regularly, but um, he just doesn't really want to do the band stuff anymore. So, um, guys, as weird as this is to do, we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we will be talking about Tremonti marching in time, the main event. So don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the second half of uh, Sunday Groove, episode 38. I forgot the name of my show for a second there. Um, there's one last thing I wanted to mention right before we get into the main topic, and that is actually a bandmate of um, Mark Tremonti, Miles Kennedy. Um, his One of his side projects, uh, 
Slash, uh, featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators, have a new single called The River is Rising that just came out uh, a little over a week ago. Um, but it's a good song. It's a good lead single. And they have a full length coming out in February. So very excited uh, for some new Slash featuring Miles and the Conspirators. That's been a project I really enjoy. And um, it just blows my mind that they're able to keep doing stuff consistently, even while Slash is touring with Guns N' Roses. And Miles just has finished a lot of legs of his solo tour um, featuring, um, what's some of that album? We just talked about it a few months ago. Uh, <laughs> I promise we're huge fans, but for some reason our minds don't work sometimes. Uh, it- the name of the album is escaping me. The uh, Ides of March. Ides I of wanted March. to say Year of the Tiger, which was his first one, but Ides of March. He's Ides of March, also the title of one of the songs on the album. Yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, he just finished the, uh, part of the tour for that. I think he'll be going back out soon. And uh, it's just amazing. He has that. And Tremonti, of course, just dropped his new album. And then some point, I want to say like April or May, they're talking about going back in and recording another Alter Bridge album. So it's just like Mark and Miles, it's so incredible how much music they put out. Um, because it's not like Alter Bridge takes huge break between, no. breaks between albums. Like <laughs> they, they still um, do it pretty consistently. But whenever there's a tiny break, then they're doing either solo or with Miles stuff featuring Slash. Because I think this is the fourth full length one of him with Slash, but his fifth, uh, if you count his first one that he did two songs with, so it was just crazy impressive that um, Miles has found that sweet spot. So anyway, super happy for that because I really wondered if there'd be any more Slash featuring Miles because of Guns N' Roses being back together. And even Guns N' Roses have recorded a couple of new songs, which I've not listened to the newest one, but I listened to the first one and eh. Um, <laughs> were my thoughts, and I was just like, eh, just tour just to give people what they want, and then you know, create new stuff with Miles. Because Dracula voice returned for Axel. Uh, it, he was doing something different because the song was more punky, the first one they put out. Um, but Axel's voice is just not there where it used to be, and um, quite frankly, I, I don't want to hear his voice on anything anymore other than maybe the hits. Um, so I just rather hear Miles's superior voice sing stuff, <laughs> uh, which is I, I, probably unfair because Miles could put anybody to shame vocally, just about like uh, outside of like resurrecting Freddie Mercury or something like that. Like Miles just got one of those once in a lifetime voices. Um, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Mark Tremonti, who this is his fifth, uh, yeah, fifth solo album. Um, marching in time. Um, talk about somebody that puts out stuff constantly. Mark Tremonti, um, as you know, is the main songwriter in Alter Bridge. You know, he did all the Creed stuff as well. And then in Tremonti, in these five albums, he has shown so much growth as a songwriter, like even beyond what he contributed to the others, um, because he has really found himself as a singer. Yeah, more and more. And I would dare say he croons on a couple songs on uh, this album. Like, I'm hoping I can remember which one it is, um, but I I really think it's so soulful. It's he sounds kind of like a crooner. Um, uh, Which one is it? 
Um, no, it wasn't. Actually, it was marching in time. It's uh, kind of after he does a bunch of movements in the song that it kind of comes back to it. And it's just so soulful and um, such vocal ability that I never would have thought that Mark Trevani had in him. But we does. we started we started to see that we started to see that uh, a couple albums ago, and then really the last album, uh, Dying Machine, really. Mm -hmm brought his vocals to the forefront and it and it feels like he has really discovered himself in that regard yeah um the their third uh third album dust there were a couple songs on there that i was just mm -hmm. blown away with his vocal ability and it became one of those things where yes it's um basically heavy metal but some of my favorite stuff on there is not the heavy metal stuff like on dust unable to see uh, was what really, really grabs me because it's just so beautiful. And yeah, he continues that with, as you said, on a dying machine. Um, and then now this album, Marching in Time. And one thing that's interesting to me, um, I haven't seen them live since uh, the second album came out. So I forget that a lot of the bandmates have changed. But one thing he's kept, um, despite a drummer change, is he's manages to find a drummer that can just do such a very strong um, drum beat and more uh, double bass driven, but it's not just nonstop double bass. The, you know, it's like, it's, it's rhythmic. Like it's part of the song. Um, is, it's what is Garrett Whitlock no longer the drummer? No, Garrett Whitlock. He left, um, I think on like, the second or third album, I think, was the last ones he recorded. I honestly, I never heard an official statement, but I think he was just featuring Burnout and took a big break. And then he recorded um, drums for uh, Mammoth, Wolfgang Van Halen's um, band, who Wolfgang was also briefly in Tremonti. Um, so anyway, he's the drummer for them now. And so this guy is Ryan. What is Ryan's last name? Um, I think Ryan. No, Tanner's the other guy. I was about to say Ryan Tanner. And DJ Tanner. From, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what is Ryan's last name? Seacrest. Out. <laughs> anyway, uh, Ryan has a last name. I just am not laying my eyes on it on this um, album. You would think I would see it really easily. Uh, I see pictures. And I see his name, Ryan, but I'm not seeing his last name. Anyway, he's a really good drummer. Like, I, I never thought somebody could um, pick up where garrett woodlock left off and do a similar thing uh but actually take it to another level but he does and i just there were a few songs that it just blows my mind what he's doing because it is showy but it's it's so different than like what you get in alter bridge like i love what scott phillips does and alter bridge but um i love that it's such a different drum sound in the solo stuff because it helps differentiate it even more um i wish i could find the words to really properly say what people would understand but honestly unless they're drummers they might not <laughs> know the proper thing to say either or even know what that meant but um yeah sa sadly garrett Wellock is there no longer but um but ron definitely carries it on um so uh the, the album starts out with one of the most bizarre tunings I've never heard Tremonti ever use, but it's such a low tuning on a world away. Um, and I think I mentioned it 
on my um, uh, current spins and one a few months ago, it kind of is almost like a tuning that corn would use, but the song definitely does not sound like corn. Um, it's just really down tuned. Uh, do you remember that one much, Greg? Uh, um, off of which? Uh, it's off the new album, Marching in Time. It's called A World Away. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I Yeah, it, it is kind of a, I guess I can see that. I guess because of the lack of down tune, it didn't occur to me that it was corn-esque, but I can see it now that you mention it. Yeah, it's just kind of like in segments of the song. Not, the whole song's not in it, but there's like the intro and then a few times in the song. And it's just, to me, it was so jarring. So I'm like, oh, I think the only time I've heard that style of tuning was maybe Bread of Shame on Creed's fourth album. Right. Um, that was also very jarring. But it's really cool because it shows Tremonti really wanted this album to be different than his others. Yeah, no, it's it's a uh, yeah. It, it, you're exactly right on that. He he always finds a way to do something different on his on his new albums. Um, a different sound, a, a, a concept album. Uh, there's, it's always something that's just different, and uh, this is no different with that. So uh, yeah, yeah, and it's got a great rhythm section. Though the one original member besides Mark is Eric Friedman. Um, he's been with them the whole time. They go way back because Eric played uh, rhythm guitar for Creed's last tour and then um, joined up with Tremonti's first album. He's been with them ever since um, and definitely has a really strong rhythm. And of course, Mark does incredible leads on them, but uh, always super happy when there's a new Tremonti album out um, and very happy to see that they seems like they're you know selling really well all the tours uh despite covid and everything it's amazing um I, I, to see I, that I, still going on I, I i regret now uh not not going to the show and uh, they were in dothan which for people that uh, don't know uh dothan is like an hour drive away from me and uh i i they he was there just last month and I thought about it and I weighed it and I was like, ah, I just didn't feel comfortable with it. But hindsight being what it is, I should have just put on a mask and went, but, uh, but I didn't. So it was, uh, hopefully I hope that he does. It looked from the videos I've seen on YouTube. It looked like there's a pretty good crowd there. So I'm hoping he'll do. Oh, it was an incredible crowd. It was packed. It was packed. So I, um, and I have to imagine at least half of them were there for him and the other half were there for, Seven Dust, or I'm sure there's a ton of crossover between the two bands. But yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to go, but I I couldn't bring myself because whereas it was a very strange hybrid show where like you go indoors, I think when you check in, but the actual stage is outdoors. um, People were still sardines. And so I I didn't really understand how that worked. Yeah, I can't really tell from pictures other than the stage is outdoors and people were outdoors, but they were still sardines. So there's no way I would have felt comfortable in there. And that's not me. (laughs) <laughs> trying to <laughs> say anything other than just that um i like i still like my distance in a mask um and no one appeared to be doing that so uh that's why i didn't go i didn't feel i would feel comfortable and there's no point in me going to a show unless i'm going to be able to really relax and then get into the music well hopefully it did well enough that they'll uh that that one of the one of tremonti's many many projects will uh will will come to the dothan area in the near in the near future I imagine uh, so, because um, like I said, the pictures I saw, I don't see how you could have packed any more people in there. So I think I'm sure they made good money. 
but yeah, I'm, I'm happy the 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 album is uh, is doing well and uh, and has been has been another hit for him because you know what a, what a creative output he continues to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm sure I've mentioned this on all podcasts, but I don't care. Uh, I uh, with my friend Andrew Chandler Fraser Garner saw Tremonti's first uh, album toured. Uh, we saw it in 2012 in Atlanta. Uh, Greg sadly had to miss it because he was sick. I was actually sick that same week, but uh, thanks to fast work and antibiotics, felt better and went. Um, but uh, Greg and I, along with Garner and Russell, saw them like they just put out the second one, Cauterize, and we saw them in Destin, Florida, and that was really cool. Um, but it was mostly the first album still played. I think they only played like three, uh, maybe three songs off Cauterize because it had not even come out yet. Um, and then sadly, we haven't seen any of the other albums toured, but uh, we will one day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No question. Um, so I know you, uh, uh, you told me off air, but I'll go and say uh, you're not as great with the titles. And I mean, I'm not great with the titles. Or is there any song in particular that really stood out to you on this album? Uh, yes, um, actually, I think uh, I think Bleak is the one that oh my, yeah was my favorite uh on, on this album i got there were several of them i mean i liked a lot of the songs but but the one that i that i found i you know i i i still i recognize it whenever i hear it like as soon as it starts playing, oh that's bleak because i've been listening to that one a lot and um i'm looking at the track listing now to see if uh if i can remember uh if not for you is another one that i like a lot mm-hmm. uh, that one also stands out to me uh I think those those are the two that were that were my favorites on my I've I've listened to the album twice the whole way through and those were the two that stood out to me as my favorites but there's several great ones on here um and others that that are good uh and I'm looking at the titles and trying to and again the titles I'm I'm not 100% up on yet but um I think uh the last one of us is another one that, that I liked, mm-hmm. um, and the opener, "A World Away," is a great opener. Oh yeah, high, high, high powered uh, op- opener. So big fan of that one. And then he ends it with "Marching in Time," the title track, which is another kind of more epic multi movement song, which uh, which he's very good at, of course. Does so. it not seem like that could have almost been on Fortress? Yeah, that's a great comparison because it's similar to the title track "Fortress" off of the mm-hmm. album. Uh, so yeah, that's a good, that's a good comparison there. David. Yeah. When I first heard it and it had so many movements in it, like, um, kind of like classic heavy metal and, um, classical music in general just has, it's, uh, just really caught me off guard with how good that is. And then like just his wonderful vocals, um, it just feels like it's, you're going on a journey with that song. Um, yeah, sadly it's not going on a foreigner, just, just a journey. <laughs> Sorry, I'll be here for a few more minutes. However but, it's, long but, it's a Steve Perry, but it's a Steve Perry journey. So yes, so, yes. All right. Now, yeah, it, 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 it's a good song. Yeah. And it's um, but yeah, the, the song Bleak, the, the could it be your bleak point of view? Um, great. Just a great. It's a great song. It's one of one of my favorite off the album. But there's there's a lot of good songs on the album. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to any of the other ones, but it, it really. Uh, stands out to me even as we're talking about it as a as a song that that demonstrates the sort of 
what you expect out of Mark Tremonti with with you know heavy and all that stuff, but also his vocals are tremendous on it, gritty and uh, it's it's a level of grittiness that maybe we're not used to to getting from his vocals. So big fan. Yeah, I, like just the lyrics, and I like just it opens up with just like your father, cruel, just like the day is long. You've fallen farther, dropping like you're made of stone. The space between us growing like you know it can. You're like the dreamers, never thought it would ever end until it ends. Could it be your bleak point of view? What's lifting me? Oh, it's killing you. So when you die, left wanting more, you'll see this tragedy made no sense at all. That's really good songwriting. Like, I, I love that. Yeah. Um, and it's such a strongly delivered song. Like, yeah, it's so good. Um, yeah, I... Um, as I was reading right before I started reading it for the listeners, I misinterpreted a lot of the lyrics and now it hits better. Um, <laughs> Cause I had not pulled up lyrics on anything. So it's, it's wonderful <laughs> how our brains will mishear things. Yeah. Well, it, it's a, it's, it's a staple of classic rock for me uh, growing up. So many songs that I thought were, uh, had one, one lyric were actually a different lyric entirely. Uh, so um, it, it it is funny that how that happens. But you know, a lot of it is, is with Tremonti as well as you. For me, anyway, I get absorbed into the uh, the music of it mm-hmm. and kind of focusing on that on that aspect. Um, so it's it's. But yeah, you're right. It's it, it, it's amazing to to sort of mishear some of these words and think of it so confidently at times as being one thing. But, you know, it is. As my mentor once said, it is what it is. <laughs> so lyrically and musically uh, and vocally, this is my favorite part of Marching in Time. I've, I found it on here um, where I called him a crooner and that's. Uh, so am I. I'm worn and I'm tired. Uh, take your life and go and thrive. Don't let this cold world change you. Don't um, ever go astray. And don't you fail to keep on giving. Don't ever lose your strength. I love um, where he can talk about darkness and stuff like that, but then he still goes for the hope thing. That's one thing I've always loved that was the undercurrent of a lot of Alter Bridge, and he yeah. still brings it here. Um, I, I absolutely love that because that is one thing that I often struggle to see is the sunny side of life in certain situations. Um, but it's really nice to have songs that inspire hope and not in a cheesy way. Um, so that was just one part I wanted to point out because I, I don't know, that's the part of the song that really just grips me emotionally uh, and not just musically. Yes, it's uh, that that's something that well, we talked about it before with Alter Bridge that when you do heavy metal or hard rock, there's almost this expectation that you should be real dark and bleak and and everything under the sun. And I think it takes uh, a certain amount of, of balls to, to write write songs that are that heavy that ultimately are about inspiration or about finding hope in the midst of the darkness. So. He's always mm-hmm. always been really good for that in any of his bands, and that continues even in, in the Tremonti solo project, even when he's writing about some pretty heavy themes. So, yeah, he's 
he's he's become a good a better lyricist he's become a better uh his guitar playing has been consistent pretty much consistently great throughout mm-hmm. his time. but where he's improved is his songwriting his lyrics his uh vocals obviously and we see that a lot on this re- on this record oh for sure um uh it's so easy when doing heavy metal to either do those super negative um lyrics or the really cheesy just start talking about demons and all that kind of stuff that a lot of 80s and earlier metal did um it's just like <laughs> you don't have to uh, like the uh what's that stupid band's name um that uh altered knowledge metallica did the medley of uh oh merciful fate that like it's uh just like the most <laughs> ridiculous lyrics but the music is incredible yeah so, great music and the lyrics is like pharaoh and and the curse of the pharaoh <laughs> pharaoh and whatnot yeah yeah um and uh yeah there's just so much like just cheese there and so much heavy metal and it's just like really great to have somebody that doesn't think they have to do that because so many still do that like they still do that crazy lyric writing them like you don't have to like you can make it about anything you want it to be um as long i mean because honestly i would say the majority of heavy metal fans are listening more to the music part than they are the lyrics um so it you know you could you could take a risk lyrically and sometimes they watch the movie music and lyrics <laughs> i don't have a clue if it holds up but i loved it at the time because of its 80s throwback um music videos and stuff um and of course as you know i uh am a huge fan of hugh grant so i'm a sucker for those movies well who isn't a sucker for hugh grant you'd have to You'd have to be a soulless Nick Duke of a person and not like. <laughs> yep, that, that's true. Um, let me see. Uh, I, I wrote down the title of one of the other songs. Let me see. Not Afraid to Lose is just a gorgeous song. Um, and just one of the others that I. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the one that leads right into Bleak. That's yes. Back, back, uh track nine on on the album mm-hmm. and uh yeah it leads it's it's a it's a night i thought those that was a great one two one two punch of songs there um that are that are totally different songs but they seem to they meld together in, in quite a and quack quite a pack quite a punch as opposed to quack pie a punch as i was about to say i'm so glad i'm not the only one that struggles to speak on this podcast that's wonderful um <clears throat> Well, I, but right before we went on the air, I fell and hit my head on the ground. So that's oh. my... okay. I didn't do that, but I wish I had. Now, but was that similar to you falling while running upward at um, a football stadium in the bleachers? Similar concept, both having to do with me uh, having no control over my my bodily functions and and how I actually move in a forward <laughs> motion. Yes, yeah, so we were at a, uh, a, a, a college football game, and uh, I, I saw some old friends, and I, I, it was raining, and I went to run up the bleachers to greet them, because I was an energetic young man at the time, and as I'm running up, I slip and fly up into the air, and I fall, I fall upward somehow, up in the air, turn over on myself, land on my shoulder, and end up, long story short, eventually going to the hospital that night. I believe it was you that actually took me to the hospital that night. <laughs> actually, um, the more 
sad part of it is somehow we didn't go that night. We went the next day, but because yeah. I was struggling so much with waking up and getting you to, we were trying to do an urgent care thing and we got out there and they, even though they were still open, they had reached their quota of how many of the people they'll accept on the weekends. And so then we had to go to the ER and they charge you some ginormous amount of money yeah. just to do an x-ray and maybe give you a pain. They um, gave, gave me, gave me some pain meds and they gave me a sling. Yeah. <laughs> me on my way. And, uh, but yes, that, that was, that, that, that's, that has continued onto uh, adulthood of my, I fell last year in my own apartment. I legitimately did. <laughs> and, uh, Oh, I remember that. Yeah. I thought I had, I thought I had injured myself more severely, but luckily I hadn't. Um, I didn't go to the hospital for that, but, uh, yeah, it's it's continued on, and and to to bring it back together, uh, listening to this album, it would be really hard to fall over because this is some pretty rocking songs on here that make you want to, uh, as Quiet Riot once sang, "Bang Your Head," which I have to bring that up by the way. I just found out this past week, David, that the famous Quiet Riot song "Come On Feel the Noise" was a cover. <laughs> this blew my mind. Who who originally wrote it? Some some band in the seventies called I don't even remember what they were called. I saw it on Twitter and, and I, I linked. I saw the uh, the link. I'm gonna find. I'm gonna pull it up right now. Uh, the the some band in the early seventies recorded the song and it sounds pretty much exactly like the Quiet Riot version that came out like ten years later that everybody knows. Right. Oh man. Um. I, I'm trying to. I'm trying to get it to. I forgot they spelled it that stupid way. Oh. <laughs> yes, that's why I was. I was like, like "Why is nothing teenager. coming up for this song?" I know this. That's the name of the song. Anyway, a rock band called Slade. Slade, uh, like Slade Wilson. Yes, they released the song in 1973. They were a UK rock band formed in Wolverhampton, which sounds amazing. If we have any, <laughs> please let us know more about Wolverhampton. Um, yeah, but apparently. Uh, uh, that's kind of what they're known for is that song come on feel the noise and apparently they did another song too that got covered by quiet riot amazingly uh but that's their most that's their most famous one so oh for sure i have it on um i think it was the budweiser uh frank and louis um weird cd that had clips of them saying funny things and then um random 80s uh, rock songs and a little bit of like early 90s stuff like Tone Loke's uh, Wild Thing. I, I suspect that perhaps the world wasn't yet ready for the sound of Come On Feel the Noise in 1973 as they were in 1983. Possibly so, but that's still sad if it was so similar that <laughs> the original <laughs> band didn't get the recognition for it. Yeah. Because it's still like a song that most people probably hear the name of and know exactly what we're talking about. At least oh, if they're there's no way close to, to our age. Yeah. yeah. There's no way to not know it if you're even in our remotely in our age group. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, nonetheless, uh, that is not the case with Mark Tremonti because he writes all his own songs. So he's his, his, he doesn't have to worry about that. Now, hopefully, Tremonti won't find that to be the case where in 10 years, some other band is getting famous off of his songs. Uh, but unless, hey, maybe it would be a good thing. Make a lot of royalty money. But right. Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan. Another one that I like is Thrown Further. Uh, mm hmm. On here is a, is a really good song um uh really there's nothing there's no bad songs on this album every, every there really isn't is good on some level Sorry, i think I that, the lyrics to see if anything stood out to me yeah no it, it, the 
<clears throat> there's the one consistency. I would say it's interesting comparing this to his other albums because um, I think that it's a more polished album than his. I, I still love his debut album a lot, mm-hmm. but I think this one's a more probably complete and polished album. Um, I think it's certainly better than his than than his second and third uh, albums, and and then like it's just it's a different kind of album than what he did with a dying machine. I think I I think I preferred a dying machine, uh, just because it was so different than I was expecting, and it was like it it goes so far all over the map and sounds and everything. But that being said, this one is undoubtedly a heavier album than a dying machine was. I think. Oh it, yeah. This is more of a classic Tremani, you know, what you kind of have come to expect from, from Tremani albums. And, um, and it, it knocks it out of the park with uh, a really, really heavy, heavy sound. And it's not just the, the soaring guitars of Tremani. You talked about the, ba- the drums, which are, I, again, their drums are so good that I thought it was still Garrett Whitlock doing them. Right. <laughs> uh, so that's cool. The bass, though, I think is mixed really well in this album. Uh, it's just it's such a it's such a professional production. It, it, it just I love the the you know Tremonti is such. It, I know that some people think that the rougher an album sounds, the better. But with someone like Tremonti, who's such a technical guitarist and also uh, somebody that relies so heavily on melody, to me it needs a professional level of production. It needs to sound polished, and that's what that's what this does because the melodies need to be. They need to pop off of the, well, whatever format you're using to listen to the, I was gonna say, <laughs> right. whatever format you're using, the, the, the melodies need to pop and stand out and be crisp. And that's what this album is, is crisp. Um, if, if Tremonti was more of a, a, a grunge guitarist or a punk guitarist, that rough sound would be good. But in the, you need that sort of polish here. And I think that uh, uh, Elvis, uh, what's his last name? Yeah, he does a great job here of making all the instruments pop exactly how they're supposed to where you get the the melody of the song is what when even over the the crazy heaviness and the pounding guitars and drums there's just this sense of uh, harmonics that never goes away so right big fan of the sound of the album for sure um yeah interesting thing is Elvis Basquette has been the only one that's um, made their music. And since I want to say Blackbird, but if not, since AB3, but mm-hmm. I think it was Blackbird, that that's the only producer that Mark works with. And he still manages to do excellent production, but not make every album sound the same. Yeah. Is, <clears throat> that is really hard to do. Cause you know, there's certain producers where when you hear an album, you know, Oh, that's a, that's a so-and-so album. That's his production style. And um, and and the fact that you can listen to a Tremonti album and it will sound different than an Alter Bridge album is kind of a testament to to what we get from Basket. Well, yeah, I think he knows how to give the input to help things, but not take over um, and just let the songwriter um, do what they need to do with the song. Um, because I think some producers, I mean, some bands need to be challenged, like Metallica, how they were challenged on the Black Album and stuff like that. You know, they needed somebody with a very strong personality of Bob Rock to challenge them and make them hate him at times. But still, think, yeah, the, and the Beatles needed George Martin. You know, it's like mm-hmm. sometimes 
so, and but then also they need a, you need a producer that knows when it's time to step back and let the artists create the art. Right, exactly, and that that's definitely from what I can. Obviously, there's not been documentaries showing Elvis at work with them, but that's how I imagine it. Is he just has that friendship and respect for it, and the whole do the input when he needs to, but he mostly just captures the art beautifully and mixes it perfectly. Um, right. Yeah, it's, it's an album that I'll have more to t- say about it at a later time, I'm sure. Um, I was telling Greg, I listened to this album a ton, like the first two weeks it was out, and then getting ready to record, I listened to it a bit this week. But because I mostly listen to it digitally, um, I'm not looking at my phone constantly seeing what the names of the songs are. So I, some of it runs together, and it's not saying the songs do that. It's just I don't know the titles as well as I should. Um, right. Same thing with me. And, and you know, if I... The, the point remains the the sound of the album is so good the songs are so good it it's a nice sort of removal from reality if you will like a nice yeah i can sit back and listen to a tremani album and this one in particular and and disappear from my troubles for the 30 or 40 minutes of runtime that, that you have there mm-hmm. and and i think this was pretty cool on, on a larger level to expand this beyond just the album uh, it's kind of it's kind of cool, you know. I, I always, I oftentimes regret the fact that, from an from an from a pop culture standpoint, from an entertainment standpoint, particularly from a music standpoint, that I didn't grow up in the '60s or the '70s, uh, or even the '80s, and get a chance to grow with some of these iconic bands and have like the soundtrack of my life be the Rolling Stones or the soundtrack of my life be Led Zeppelin or the soundtrack of my life be the Beatles or what have you. Uh, most of my favorite bands and groups, even to this day, are ones from before I was born. So uh, the fact that, but but the exception to that, one of the exceptions to that, certainly, is Mark Tremonti. Because mm-hmm. he's been a fixture musically in my life since I was 14 years old. And, uh, you know, whether it be starting out with Creed and then graduating beyond that and going to Alter Bridge. And I can, I can hear these songs and it takes me to a certain place or a certain time in my life or a, uh, a relationship or a friendship or a, an event. And, and it's defined by Mark Tremonti by, by, you know, by this, the sounds of this album remind me of this time in my life. And he continues to do that with each, with each album. It's like uh, it hits at a time when <clears throat> maybe you don't expect it, but you need it. You need something like that to come out and kind of, uh, impact your life and come into it and, and again, pro- yes, provide that escape like I was talking about, but also provide the um, sort of linchpin that you can, you know, in 10 years, I can say, oh, what was, oh yeah, that was that hellish year, but then, you know, Tremonti's uh, uh, new album came out, at that time new album came out, it's, what, was this fifth album, right? Yes. Fifth album came out and and, you know, the song bleak hit me and it just really stuck with me you know like uh so he he's been a big fixture of my life both of our lives really oh for sure with me i think i was 15 when i discovered creed um and at least that's the first album i bought of theirs was human clay i think about i think 99 um oh it was okay um i I later went back and listened to the first album uh, because my brother had it but I'd missed that one somehow. Well, I mean, I, somehow it wasn't as big and it wasn't the music videos weren't getting played 
like uh, <laughs> like they were for human clay. But yeah, Mark Tremonti, I gosh, did not realize he'd been such an important part of my life for 22 years now, but he is. Yeah, and and it's it's something that um, it's pretty cool that that it doesn't seem like he's slowing down at all. It seems like he's going to continue every couple of years to put out new music that we will always tie to certain years, even as our even as we get older and the years sort of seem to go by quicker and quicker. Uh, we'll have this great music to to look back on. So if you're out there, if you're a fan of heavy metal, hard rock. Pick up the newest Tremonti album, trust me, because uh, I, I know, I feel like we haven't really done it justice because neither of us is quite as first <laughs> yeah. the titles as we should be of the songs. Um, but I can tell you, I've listened through it to, to it through twice. It flies by in the best possible way because it'll end and like, man, it's over with. I want to listen to it again. So uh, Mark Tremonti continues to put out uh, my favorite modern rock music. So big fan oh. of it. Oh yeah, easily. It's, um, it's it's such an incredible album, and yeah, I've listened to it a ridiculous amount of times, but it's just, um, not great with the titles. Um, and like, I, I guess some of them they're used in the songs, but it's not like to the point of like, I don't know, just certain songs use the title so much that it just cements them there constantly. Um, right, like tequila. <laughs> yes, like tequila. Um. But I want to take it back for just a second to um, uh, Creed's second album. I was watching uh, Scream 3 the other day, and I had forgotten that Creed had done a song uh, on that album and or, or on that movie, and that is, What if, what if, what if, what if I... I thought that was Scream 2 that that song was in. No, it was Scream 3. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and I remember that really cheesy music video that they shot um but it was it was fun um yeah i I was working my way back through the screen movies the past couple years and it was streaming on something recently and i'm like i haven't seen the third one in a long time because i think i watched the second one probably the second time last year at some point and so and i've watched randomly watched the fourth one some point this year so i'm like i need to watch the third one while it's available um because the later screen movies are not good enough for me to put money into owning but they're still fun and i'm i'm much more excited than i should be for the fifth one that's coming out in january but yeah me too what else yeah (laughs) maybe maybe they'll do a a read a redone version of that they can do what they do with all the movie trailers now david and they can get uh some young uh, talented uh, female musician to do a very slow sad cover version of it Mm mm-hmm have you noticed? We got to talk about this. I'm gonna, this is my first time on a music podcast in a while. So uh, I noticed this the last couple times I've gone to the theater to see movies. Every trailer now, every single freaking trailer for every movie that's coming out has a slow, often piano driven, but at the very least, slow, somber, sad version of some classic song done by mm-hmm. a, a, a woman vo- singer. Uh, whether it was the Black Widow trailer that had, uh, and, and movie itself that had the slow, sad version of Smells Like Teen Spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh my God, that was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or uh, what was it? Um, well, there's all of them. There's all kinds of them. There's there's a slow, sad version of another Nirvana Is it song. Come As You Are? Is that the Come As You Are, yep. Yeah. 
in the Batman, and that what it is? Yes, in the Batman. Yep, slow sad version of that. I I heard a uh, a slow sad version of uh, oh what was it? I don't know. There's just all kinds of like it, it was a classic rock song. They were doing like a slow sad somber version of, and it's like that, that's the new thing now. If you want to if you want to make a a snazzy trailer, you just got to get a you got to take a classic song and just remove all of the energy from it. <laughs> just... So so it could sound like. Can you take me higher? Yes. To a place where blind men see. Do, 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 do. And a loud drum. <laughs> do, do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, to emphasize it and then go back into um crap, I can't yeah. make a piano sound. I was gonna try and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, like, I, I, it's so it's such a weird it's just a weird aspect that they've done now but i like it that's the thing um like i like the first time I'm like i don't know how i feel about this and then later i find myself actually really enjoying it <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, i think that's because those songs are so good that even stripping them down to that it works and it definitely works for the mood of the of the trailers um so i like it but yeah i'd forgotten that uh, that that was in black widow even though i recently watched black widow the second time um which is now on um disney plus um without paying the extra money but yeah um, watch it mm -hmm. uh but yeah that does definitely is the trend i I guess instead of using new music let's just (laughs) use these very but the funny thing is like i guess who gets the money like i guess obviously the original songwriters but i guess these bands get the money as well or yeah i'm guessing it's a split like the music And well, let's be honest, probably the record company gets a oh, true, <laughs> the biggest portion of the pie. Oh, it's just so it's, it's so interesting because it'd be like, you know, we could we could just use, I don't know, we'd be like every other movie and use Fortunate Son, but what if we got a really that was what it was, by the way. I heard a slow, sad, somber version of Fortunate Son. <laughs> that <was> <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's interesting. Uh, so did you hear um, or read about the recent uh, shade that Paul McCartney threw at um, the Rolling Stones? No, no. Tell me more. Oh, my gosh. It's so kind of a throwaway thing. And I think he was kind of baited. And it's shocking that Paul went there because Paul's just such a sweet person that, like, I, even though I'm sure he truly believes this. And honestly, he's mostly right. Um, he was kind of asked about the Rolling Stones and he just kind of referred to them as a blues band and almost there was something else he said about that kind of was a little bit of shade and Chris Mick Jagger got really mad about and then said something like well I think you know kind of you know we have a lot more albums and we're still together and I'm thinking so that's what makes a better band is the fact that you've <laughs> been together for 40 something years or 50 years uh, <laughs> the Beatles did better music for seven years and um it's just funny to me because uh, like I'm, I'm like, you know, normally it's these like 20 and 30 year olds that are um, starting feuds. And I don't think that's the point that Paul meant. And like I said, I honestly felt like he was kind of baited into it yeah. in like two different interviews. But it's just so funny that quickly that Mick Jagger came back. And so you're going to have these late 70s people um, with beefs now. That just it's an interesting we, we thing. To, we need to have late 70s celebrity boxing. <laughs> Oh, Paul would kill Mick Jagger. Um, <laughs> there's no way. I think um, a gentle wind would kill Mick at this point. 
<laughs> God, he looks like he's dead already. I'm sorry, that's me. <laughs> he's so wrinkly, it's insane. Tropical legends here, but yeah, no, and music fans, I'm uh, Rolling Stones are a great band, but I'm sorry, I will take any thing that Paul McCartney has a part of over Rolling Stones most any day and definitely any Beatles stuff over that. So it's just kind of funny. Um, cause I'm like, Oh goodness, that's, uh, that's gonna be interesting to see what, if anything, if this continues. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they'll just let it go. Cause they're old now, you know? I mean, yeah, I really, it's like, it doesn't matter. Cause I mean, the thing is Mick, Mick does at the point, like, I mean, they're still getting the tour and make money as the Rolling Stones on occasion, except for obviously without the drummer who died. But, um, but I'm just like, I don't know. It was just so funny um, that that was his kind of thing. He couldn't really defend the songwriting as much as he could. Just the fact that they'd been together for 50 years and the Beatles broke up before they put a bad album out. Way, um, the way Keith Richards' uh, immune system seems to work, they'll be together for 150 years. It, how is he alive? Like it's I don't a, understand. Hey, hey I, we the thing. I'm re- I'm glad he is. We just need to find a way to to get our scientists to study him and figure out what the what the secret is. Well, it's just like Joe Perry and Stephen Tyler. How were they alive? I mean, they were shooting so much heroin and snorting heroin and everything, and yet they're somehow still living. And their advanced stages. It just blows my mind. Um, but anyway, I thought that was a funny thing. I had to see if you'd heard about it. No, I, so, I, I heard. So I go all over the place. And uh, so I apologize to listeners. This is probably my most scattered in a long time episode, which is saying a lot because I've had several scattered episodes. But um, thank you for listening. And like I said before, please reach out. Like, even if it's just a a brief little statement, like anything, any kind of feedback. I love it. Tell me your favorite Tremonti song. Tell me, um, like what's your favorite off this or, um, what's the band maybe similar to Tremonti that you're digging? Like, just let me have some kind of feedback at Sunday groove dot Lillo on Instagram or Sunday underscore groove underscore on Twitter. I just like to have ideas. And like, when I say ask for ideas, like I truly use a lot of them. Like, um, frequent collaborator on the show and he edits and puts together my podcast Andy Helene we started our friendship like we would just talk about music and he gave me a lot of my ideas for this show so I love having any kind of feedback and once again Greg is G Phillips 8652 is that right on Twitter that's correct um so thanks for listening my next episode I'm not 100% sure what it is I know Andy and I are doing a closeout episode for this year He is a frequent guest. Uh, That's probably not a shock, but he will be back. And I just thank you all for listening. And I will catch you all down the road. So many lives marching in time. Move to the beat of the old.